Isaac Shade here, co-host of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Join Andy Patton and me every Monday as we break down all the buzzer-beating action, conference rivalry games, and need-to-know bubble matchups ahead of the NCAA tournament. Check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Hello, everyone. Matt Sheehan of Locked on Spartans, but I'm not going to be the only person babbling about his team today. No, no. We got good old Kane Rob over there of Locked on Gophers. Kane, are you like us over in Michigan? Or are you just freezing your you-know-what you off? Or how, how are we doing over there in, in your neck of the woods? You know, it's just as freezing. And I feel like, you know, after being in this area for nearly three decades, you'd think I'd get used to it, but it always... <laughs> hurts just as bad it always feels terrible and i always ask myself why do i still live here <laughs> why why and i still have yet to come up with a good reason i almost cried doing the eight steps it takes to get from my front door to my car in the driveway i just uh, i'm a very feeble delicate flower cane I i'm not built for minus four wind chill like get this absolutely <laughs> out of here um but hey, you know what? We're going to talk a little bit about basketball. And luckily, Breslin Center still has a roof. This will be an indoor climate-controlled game. It will be fun. We'll talk about that in segments two and three. But segments one, Kane, I, this is a very awkward conversation. I don't know a lot of Gopher fans in my life personally. I know you. You're one of the very few people that I thought of when Michigan State stole defensive coordinator Joe Rossi. So first, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry our program did that to you. Um Thoughts? I guess we'll just start with that. Like, was that hard to see, or is it sort of a thing like, ah, game is the game, and Joe Rossi wasn't that great anyway? Just what are your thoughts on your old defensive coordinator over there? I mean, if, if I'm being real with you, I'm I'm still a little salty. I'm not going to lie. Okay. About it. Like, I was okay. a big fan of Joe Rossi. I think he was a big part of this program. If people just look at what happened last season, then you might see some folks go, okay, well, why why are they mad? Why are they salty? But the thing is. Mm -hmm. Last season had so many different things and aspects to it that led to some of the statistics, some of the production we saw with injuries, with having to play true freshmen at positions, playing third, fourth string players at sometimes. You're not going to be able to run the type of defense that you are. And typically, how he kind of responded in different ways, I still was impressed by some of the outings that they had. Now, there were little blips here and there last season where you'd love to see some better adjustments or quicker adjustments. But overall, I think Joe Rossi brings a lot to the table. And you saw that in his production in the 2021 season, the 2022 mm. season, and how different it was. You're talking about in 2022 uh, or in 2021, they had lacked turnovers and they hadn't really caused many turnovers, but they had really focused more on getting sacks, getting pressures and those things. Then you flip it to 2022, the secondary was more of a strength for the Gophers. And he leaned into that. He played to the skill set of his players, and they really had more success in the passing defensive game. They flew to the ball. They were weeding out the short action game, and they saw more turnovers at that back. So he really suits his defense to the personnel that he has, and I think that is very undervalued as a coach. And look, last year, I'm actually glad you brought last year up because it seems like when the Spartans and the Gophers met up, there were 80 combined healthy players between the two teams uh, when we finally eventually met up. And yeah, injuries uh, being an issue, certainly a thing in East Lansing, amongst many other issues, of course. I'm not going to say that injuries were the only thing we had going on last year, but so with all the injuries and everything going on, just what did impress you the most with Joe Rossi's defense, despite taking a statistical step back from those great years that you did mention? I think the biggest thing would be really 
helping those players that maybe weren't ready to be starters and getting them ready quick. Like we're talking about okay. a player, Maverick Bernowski, who wasn't anticipated to be the starting linebacker. Cody Lindenberg was our kind of all conference level linebacker and he missed right away in the beginning of the season. And all of a sudden we thought we were getting him back in the North Carolina game. Nope. Missed him even longer. He ended up only playing four games on the season, gotcha. but Maverick Bernowski stepped in. And he led the team in tackles for most of the season. You could definitely see early on in this year, he was kind of raw. He was kind of making mistakes. But by the time we hit that midseason point, he was playing like a vet. And everyone's like, okay, if Cody Lindenberg gets back, this linebacker core might be nasty. And so gotcha. it's like the way that he can get people up to speed or make the little tweaks to make it easier. I think that's what really impressed me with this season. Even with the, the injuries and whatnot, it felt like the next man up still found a way to produce. And when we break down Joe Rossi, what I've been saying in the last few weeks since the hiring is that he doesn't really have like a hard set scheme. It is pretty fluid to the situation of the game, the strengths mm -hmm. that his own player has. Is, is that a fair assessment of how he runs his defense or is it a little more structured than I'm letting to believe? No, I think I think you're leaning in the right way there. I really do think it really depends on the structure he has. And that's one thing I love about him. I think that yeah. he leans into the talent that he has and if that changes he's not afraid to shift away from it he's not one of those coaches that's like my scheme is my scheme and if you don't fit it better luck elsewhere it's like gotcha. he really likes to hone in on what those players are good at and what they do and we've seen a lot of people thrive from it i mean boy mafe asezi Tommy wu yeah. they both ended up nfl players jack gibbons came in as a transfer produced immediately as a linebacker transfer under him he works really well with linebackers i feel like you hear a lot of uh, players from his time here at Minnesota that maybe didn't go on to do amazing things at the NFL, but some of them are finding ways. Jack Gibbons didn't get drafted, but he's contributing with the Titans. Thomas Rush found a way onto a practice squad. Mariano Marin, everybody at least had heard of him in that college space with how productive he was, the leadership elements he brought. So then you talk about Cody Lindenberg, who everyone is still excited about, but you could see just how much that linebacker room never really tailed off, no matter the departures, no matter the new people coming in. He found a way to get production, whether it was a four-star guy or if it was a walk-off. I'm glad you brought up the stars because that's where I wanted to go to next, the recruiting. Now, obviously, you know, he already has had an impact for at least one player for Michigan State's class. Brady Pretzlaff, the linebacker that was committed to Minnesota, but now staying in-state with Michigan State. But just aside from just him, the last few years, how was his recruiting? And obviously, you got to look at it through a different lens. It's not like he's recruiting to Ohio State or a Penn State or anything like that. It, it has its limitations over there in Minnesota. But with that said, how did he do overall on the recruiting trail, in your opinion? Yeah, I think he did well. I mean, I think he, okay. he, he shoots people straight, and I think that hits with a lot of recruits. And he builds a really good bond with them. I mean, you can see the bond that he had with Brady Preslav was enough to really want Brady to go that way. And I know that it played a big impact for him because I had talked to Brady and his father at times off the off this grid a little bit. And they definitely were really torn on leaving Minnesota. He really wanted to hold his okay. word. But at the same time, being closer to home, his connection with Joe Rossi, yeah. all of that added up to the point where he was like, you know, I really want to do this. And it was tough for him. So I know that that bond that he built was super strong. And I'm sure that... Others would say the same. I know Cody Lindenberg, he's ready to stay here with Minnesota and kind of mm -hmm. be the next man up. But he talked about that relationship was really good and he's got nothing but love for him moving forward. And I think that's the sentiment with a lot of Gophers fans is, yes, we're kind of sad. We're kind of salty yeah. about it. But at the same time, nobody's like, man, forget Joe Rossi. I hate Joe okay. Rossi. Everyone's like, man, I want him to do great. He's going to do good things. Like, he's a good guy. So. 
If only Oregon State fans were like that. I, I can't imagine <laughs> that you stumble across a lot of Oregon State fans on Twitter being a Minnesota fan, but oh boy, we've been introduced to that community and um, they are upset, understandably so. Um, yikes. So in summation of all of this, uh, when Rossi was hired, obviously you see the great stats. You see like top 10 defense this year, doing this, scoring this, like a lot of really good impressive stats over at Minnesota. There were some people, and I don't, I'm sure some of them were haters, and some of them were legitimately curious and wondering if this was why. It sounds like it's more of the defense and less about, oh, it's just because he goes up against Big Ten West offenses. Because that was one, maybe the, the loudest thing that the minority said is that, like, oh, the only reason they're that good is because he's going up against Iowa, you know, and Purdue. It's like, I, I don't know. I don't think that, but am I just a, am I just a blind homer over here? Like, is that the vibe? No, I think, I think you're right. I think that. There it is the defense. He has success there, but I okay. think you'll find what he really is predicated on is most important. And the things you will act, no matter what, I know that Michigan state, what to expect from the defense is explosives are not acceptable in any way possible. No explosives are a thing that can happen. If they do, you are going to get an earful from it. On top of that, he makes adjustments mid game. So things might look shabby at the beginning of a game or things might be like, what is happening? I'm not used to seeing this from our defense. That second half is probably where you're going to be like, oh, we turned it on. We got it done. Like, mm-hmm. where did this defense – why didn't you play like this in the first half? You might get that, but he's great at those mid-game adjustments. So those are two things to absolutely – that he brings to the table. But then also, I think the biggest drop-off for the Gophers last season as opposed to the first two seasons – or the two seasons prior were the third-down efficiencies. His – when he can have a defense that can get off the field in third down, they're elite. They're one of the best in the country, top 20, and that showed in those first two years, even doing it in different ways. But third down is his money down. And if you can't find a way to create third and longs, third and sevens and whatnot and get off the field, that's where you start to struggle. And I think that's where the youth started to hurt Minnesota in this past season is a missed tackle on third down isn't acceptable. An explosive play on third down isn't acceptable. And he knew that, but he was still ingraining it in his players. So I think you'll see that come time with Joe Rossi. Love it. And I'll, I'll get you off the hot seat about Joe Rossi. I'll make you stop talking about the defensive coordinator that we snatched over here. I'm sorry. But I'm still going to keep you on the hot seat next segment because I'll pepper you about your Minnesota basketball gophers. You'll ask me about my basketball spars in the following segment. But first, Kane, I need to talk to people's ears off about eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you are looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or it's your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you are burning rubber, not cash. And with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. Also, hey, small businesses, listen up. LinkedIn Jobs is where you got to go for all your high needs in the new year. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What is the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? Bada boom, bada bang. It's LinkedIn Jobs. They know that your success all depends on the team that you surround yourself with. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster. And my favorite part, for 
free. Now, LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than 1 billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy that, in fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So don't sit on the bench wondering, oh my God, how are things going to get better for me? I don't know. Take matters in your own hands with LinkedIn jobs. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions. You got that right, Buckaroo. They apply. And Kane, I got to call myself out really quick because if you're watching on YouTube, oh, over there in the corner, it says locked on crossovers, it says locked on Spartans. And I, I forgot to switch out the Nittany Lions uh, graphics. So if anyone is very astute watching on YouTube and they're wondering what, what's going on here, who who could, who messed that up, that that's, that's me over here. So uh, podcast listeners would have no idea that I screwed up, but I'm just going to out myself. So I just wanted to <laughs> clear that before we get into the basketball game. 5.30 Central Time, 6.30 Eastern Time on FS1. It's Spartans. It's Gophers. And the folks at BartTorvik.com have Michigan State favored by about 14 points. That's what the computers have it at. So, Kane, that's where I'm going to start the conversation. When you hear that, that on the road, Minnesota, 14-point dogs, is that surprising because Minnesota's playing better than they were last year? I mean, that's mm-hmm. just the obvious. But is that is that a little too steep in your opinion, or is that sound about right? Uh you know, it's tough because we've seen some good moments from the Gophers on the basketball floor, but also we have seen some struggles as of late. I think okay. they're they're dealing with a couple things. Uh, on the road at IU did not play in our favor, and we really got jumped on in that game. Now we've dropped two in a row with the Iowa matchup at home as well. And so I can definitely see why it might favor that that big because even though Michigan State has a decent amount of losses on the season, they have been a lot of quality losses. Now, yes, there's one or two yeah. that it's like, eh, okay, well, how'd you lose that one? But at the same time, they've lost us a lot of ranked opponents that they put up a fight with. So I think that the Gophers, when you look at their schedule, our non-conference has been a lot weaker. So yes, we should have those wins, but I don't know if we have done enough to give us the credit on that gap, if you know what I'm saying. No, totally. A hundred percent. And yeah, it is a tale of two different non-conference schedules. No question about it. But what is the makeup of Minnesota this year? Because yes, on the record, things are going a little better, but one thing that is constant, Dawson Garcia, still an amazing basketball player. So is this team just simply Dawson Garcia and company, or does Minnesota have a little more going for it than just simply, Hey, you're borderline all big 10 player and just a bunch of other cast members. Yeah, you know, at the first, I'd say the first handful of games, it kind of felt like Dawson Garcia and company. I'm not going to lie, like a younger team, but he was the staple and we kind of ran with it like that. Then Dawson Garcia gets hurt and all of a sudden this Gophers team really started to click. They started to find who else could step up and who else could contribute. And that's where things kind of really got better for the Gophers with more quality opponents. That's actually the injury happened in the Nebraska game, early in the Nebraska game, like in the first five minutes or so. And we lost Austin Garcia for the rest of the game. And somehow we come back from being down 17 and a half and beat Nebraska, which has been a quality team on the season. And I yes. think it's because <laughs> other other team or other players started to find their groove. They started to figure out where they can attack or when's their time to get involved. And now that Dawson Garcia is back, he's still getting back to 100%. But last game against Iowa, he did have another 30-point game. So you're starting to see him get a lot more comfortable coming back from that ankle injury. But I think what's nice now is they're trying to find the groove between what they had when he was out or when he was playing a kind of lower minutes getting back to 100% 
And now with him back 100%, how can we make it all work together? And I think there have been some issues in that front, but hopefully that will start to come together. But right when I say that, there's two quality players in Elijah Hawkins, who's leading the entire country in assists, I believe, right now. He has yeah. been the last time I checked. And and also Pharrell Payne, who's been a monster force on the inside. Both of those guys on the injury report, both of them questionable for this game. So if we're missing those two players, that point spread might look even better than what the outcome could be. We are in lockstep because that funnels into right where I was going next. And this is from Andy Gretter News. Go for center Pharrell Payne back and point guard Elijah Hawkins ankle game time decisions versus Michigan State. But my question was, like, how big of a deal is that going to be? And I quite simply put, it seems like that'll be a big deal if either guy is supposed to not go. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Elijah Hawkins has kind of been the engine of this offense, in my opinion. I know Dawson Garcia gotcha. gets all the love from the outside perspective, but this offense really works when he is able to get others going and that shows with the assist totals that he has, but he can also score. And so the thing is when he's always distributing, sometimes people get too lost in like, where's the ball going to go? Where, which way is he giving it? And then he'll drive on you with his speed. He is one of the fastest mm. players I've watched in the big 10 in quite some time. He's got some crazy speed to him. And I think in the earlier games, he got a little out of control with it, but he started to find okay. his pace, find his timing with it all. And he can attack, he can hit the three, but he's had some struggles here and there with knocking down shots lately. Um, so I think overall it is a big loss, especially with those two. Those two, I would say, were the next two up behind Dawson Garcia. So the fact that your second and third options that are playing massive minutes and really doing the dirty work that maybe doesn't end up in the box score, if they don't play, the Gophers are definitely in trouble for this one. It sounded like the football season, just injuries <laughs> as far as the eye could see over there. One player that I do want to ask about, because there is somewhat of a Michigan State tie to this, is Cam Christie, who I think last I checked, he's the best three-point shooter uh, on your team right now. Of course, younger brother of Max Christie, former Spartan. Uh, Lakers legend, Max Christie, may I add. Uh, how has Cam been? I mean, is, is that just what he is, just like a three-point ace, or does he have a little more to his game this early in his career? No, Cam is so fun to watch, and you can just see the upside that he brings to the court, and I think everybody's just waiting for it to fully click okay. because his pull-up game is insane. And, yes, you see it in the three-pointers, but I think his mid-range game is better than his three-point shooting, but I think he's still figuring out when is the right moments for him to get aggressive attacking and when does he kind of fit within the offensive system. And I think Ben has really – Coach Johnson has really, really been pressing that motion as far as, like – you need to take shots within the offense. You can't get selfish. You, it has to be 100% team ball. And there's been times where someone will pull up from three or pull up and take an early shot in the clock, and he'll put them on the bench in two seconds after that happens. So I think gotcha. he's really stressed that team ball. And so I think Cam Christie's really trying to feel out when's the right moment to try and get his and when's the right moment to attack. I would honestly like to see him be more aggressive because his skill set when it comes to scoring is quality like he is he doesn't look like a freshman out there on the floor and his pull-up game especially in the mid-range is fun to watch and this has you know almost nothing to do with the game itself from a micro level but just from a zoomed out level what, what are your thoughts on ben johnson because over here you know in michigan I, i'm rooting for ben johnson and i know that last year was not the year you guys wanted and it's a tough job over there but like i th there's a something about him that i'm just like i'm truly rooting for him but what is it like as an actual gopher fan it, it, are things going well do you see the vision that he has or what, what's it looking like you know what ben johnson off the court is one of my favorite human beings to be in the pressers with and stuff because i mm -hmm. feel like he's just down to earth he's real with you he's not going to put on anything fake but he's just going to shoot you straight 
So I sure. love that about him. And he is all about creating community and brotherhood. And one of the biggest things, him being Minnesotan, him playing for Minnesota, him understanding yeah. that they've had their fair share of like, uh, I would say sports traumas over the years from the Vikings and twins and all that. He gets that. And from day one, even uh, my first year of covering him with locked on Gophers, which was last season. So his year two, he'd really said, I get Minnesota sports. We have this trauma, but like, we don't want to, we don't want to have excuses. We don't want to have, like, we want to be known for what we're doing now. So we don't want the boohoos or anything like that. And I yeah. love that he's embraced that. But I think when you see the two back-to-back seller dweller years, you start to get concerned. You're like, maybe it doesn't work. Even if he's a great person, is he the right guy for the job? And so I think you're slowly starting to see things come together now that he's got some depth on the team. He's got some talent on the team. But the thing that really put it into perspective for me was last year, the Ohio State versus Minnesota game where they had the coaches mic'd up. And you could hear the adjustments he was asking for. You could hear what he was saying. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, like that makes sense. Oh, that is what we should be doing. But the players weren't capitalizing on it. They were falling gotcha. out of the system. A lot of young players that were still kind of over their heads when it came to the game speed. And that showed. And now that you have more depth and you have year two and everything like that, you're seeing things come together. And all of a sudden you're seeing a more competitive Minnesota team. So I think he's headed in the right direction. I've still got hope for him and positivity for him, but I think he does need to make a run towards possibly a tournament, uh, entrance or maybe even getting to the nit and making a good run in it or something like that in order to keep that momentum going i hope so i like i, I genuinely am rooting for him over here i'm not just here to butter your biscuit and you know make offers <laughs> fans happy but like no i, I like ben johnson because everything is said just off the court it seems like a great guy um now uh, kane I, th- that was about just 20 minutes of just throwing you on the absolute sizzler right there in the hot seat uh we're gonna switch things around you'll ask me about my little michigan state basketball team over here but first you need to talk everyone's ears off about fan dual sportsbook and america's number one sportsbook the nfl regular season is long gone but there's still plenty of time to get in on the action with FanDuel America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you just place a $5 bet. So for this NFL divisional weekend slate, don't even worry about the spread. Don't stress laying the points. Heck, don't even lose sleep over if it's going to win or lose. It's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose for new customers. How easy does that get? The app is super easy to use, and there are so many ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the parlay, have the best way to find popular parlays, and so much more. You already know there's going to be some great lines, great props out for this Spartans versus Gophers basketball game, too. So visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown and make your first bet a layup. It's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Kane. I'm ready. 
All right, let's do this. I got a, I got a couple questions for you that I'm just dying to know. You kind of flipped it on me with the Dawson Garcia thing, and I gave you some background, but I feel like a lot of Gophers fans don't know enough background about this Michigan State team mm-hmm. that, yes, they, the record might not look great, but like we said, they played against high-quality opponents. But is it the Tyson Walker show, or who has really stepped up and showed out outside of the star player who you got back this season? He's certainly the most consistent guy. No, no doubt about that. I mean, if it wasn't for Zach Eady, we're looking at a guy that could win Big Ten Player of the Year. No question. He just came off a game where he had 13 points. And we're thinking, like, oh, God, that was terrible. Like, what, what was Tyson doing? And then it's like, I, I mean, that's pretty good if 13 points is considered, like, a not great game. But it's also been spotty everywhere else. Like, Malik Hall, he's had a lot of good games. I mean, this is one of the 23-year-olds on our team. Michigan State has a chunk of those. They have Malik Hall, A.J. Hogard, Tyson Walker. Malik Hall, he's had some good games. He's also had some clunkers, including a game at Northwestern. We had 26 minutes, zero points, zero assists, zero rebounds. Kane, how is that even possible? Just for a ball and not even land at your feet once during it. But regardless, (laughs) by and large, it has been a good season for him. But, man, when he disappears, whoo-hoo! He, he ain't even on the bus. He's already back on campus. Uh, so it's just moments like that. A.J. Hogart has had that, too. He's had a slow start to his season. Jaden Akins, like last year, slow come along to his season, too. But now you're starting to see them play more consistently. And then they hit the road. Okay, we're playing good. We're playing good at home. Five-game win streak at home. Then they hit the road. Play a stinker against Northwestern. And that was just a game where I think it was actually more Northwestern playing really good than it was Michigan State playing really bad. Malik mm-hmm. Hall's performance aside. And then Illinois, too, there were, of course, things they could have done during the game to win that one. But I, sometimes it just comes down to making shots and Coleman Hawkins just burying late daggers. And Illinois was just the better team that night. So it's like, oh, my God, we keep on getting like nine, out, like nine out of ten performances from other teams when we are starting to finally click here. So it's just... Yeah, that's that's how it's going. So yeah, sorry, that's a long way of saying that. Yeah, it's it's a lot of Tyson Walker, but here and there, it's other guys as well. For sure. Well, I gotta ask you about the young guys. I know that Cohen yeah. Carr probably dominates the 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 headlines. You know, uh, Booker yeah. dominates the headlines. But before I ask you about them, I have to know about Minnesota's own Diggy Trey Trey Holman. How has he been going for the Michigan State Spartans? Uh, how yeah. has he been fitting in the system? I know that. Gophers fans were hoping last year with the time he didn't get a ton of that maybe he mm-hmm. would transfer this way and head on over. But he seems like he's locked in, loves what Coach Izzo is doing out there. So what have you seen from Holloman in this season? It's it's all jiggy over here because we just did a whole segment on this yesterday about how Trey Holloman, at least to my eyes and a lot of Michigan State fans' eyes, is the surprise of the season. Last year, not a great three-point shooter. I think he was at like 22%. Now he's a bonafide 41% shooter. All right. He leads the nation in assist to turnover ratio. It's like, oh my, like we, we thought there'd be a little jump from freshman to sophomore year, but now he's like a legitimate, like great sixth man for Michigan State. Now he has to establish it a little more on the road. He does great at home, but he's had some road games where he's a little timid, only takes one three point attempt despite being a 40% shooter. But I've been blown away by Trey Holland because my expectations for him going into this year. We're not that high. I thought it'd be just another guy that just dishes the ball and plays some defense, but no, legitimate offensive threat. And that's important, too, because uh, McDonald's All-American, five-star point guard, Jeremy Fears, likely out for the rest of the season, got shot in the leg back in his hometown just outside of Chicago. And it's like, well, Trey, we're going to need a lot of more minutes out of you, actually, bud. And he's been delivering. So, yeah, certainly, certainly a great surprise for, for these eyes over here and many other Michigan State fans, too. 
For sure. No, I mean, even though he's with you Spartans over there, I always pull yeah. for him a little bit because of the hometown Thanks. connection here. But I want to know yeah. your thoughts on the other freshmen on this team. Have they kind of been underwhelming to you, whelming, or I guess what are your expectations with two players that have freak athleticism, can jump out the gym, yeah. but it seems like they're still kind of tiptoeing their way into the mm-hmm. into the season or maybe testing out the waters as far as that goes. I could do 45 straight minutes on this, like without <laughs> even taking a breath, but I'll, I'll try to keep it short. Cohen Carr, I would not classify him as underwhelming, but on the box score, you can see why that some people might think so. I just don't think he gets enough run. He gets benched for some mistakes. Like the other game, he got backdoored. Okay, he saw the bench immediately. And then you see fifth-year seniors getting backdoor the next possession, and they just get to play for the next two or three minutes anyway. It's like, Tom, um, <laughs> love you. You uh, you provided so much happiness in my life. You're a Hall of Fame coach. You're a better basketball mind than I will ever be. What the hell, man? Like, we, we can't give the most athletic freak in the nation some more run just for making a small blip on defense. So, Cohen Carr, I, I've been delighted with him. He needs to see the floor more, point blank. Now, Xavier Booker. The whole offseason, despite the five-star ranking, despite McDonald's All-American, despite being top 10 in the recruiting rankings, we on this show said, guys, it's going to be a slow burn there, okay? This might take two years to get there. might even take three. I I have to say, though, I did, I did not think it would be this slow off the starting blocks. Now, physically, that might have to be a big issue because he's six foot ten, about 85 pounds. I, if, if you open a door on a day like today in Michigan – He's going to blow to the next lecture hall. Like, he just has no muscle on the body. He needs a strong offseason in the weight room. But also just the motor, too. I mean, he also has a lot of lapses on defense. And right now, all that he is is a 3 and D guy who's six foot ten, and doesn't shoot the three ball like that great. I mean, he'll hit one with, like, two minutes to go in a 20-point game, and the fans will go nuts. But, like, that's a long way of saying that. It has been a little underwhelming for Xavier Booker, a guy that did come in as a five-star. So a lot of fans, especially early in the season when we were taking a lot of losses, were just screaming for Xavier Booker to play more. But then you actually see him in the games. It's like, oh, oh, that's why he didn't play early in the year. So that's the thing with Xavier Booker. I'm not I'm not calling it quits. I'm not calling him a bomb or a wash or that we yeah. should cut ties with him immediately. It's just it, it, it's taking a little longer than a lot of us thought. But the ceiling is still there. He has the frame. The shooting stroke does look nice. Just got to see them go through the hoop and lock in on defense a little more, especially for a Tom Izzo system. So, yeah. For sure. Well, I got one more for you, so it'll be my last one here. But I got to know, in this Gophers versus Spartans matchup, who do you think is the X-factor player for the Michigan State Spartans to make sure that they win uh, and secure the, the win on this matchup? Yeah, I'm going to go with Malik Hall uh, because, man, when he plays good, he, he's Michigan State's best low-scoring option. It, it's not our centers. Our centers have been a different story this year. They don't really offer anything offensively. But if Malik Hall has that little five feet and in scoring game going, okay, like that adds a lot of comfort to Michigan State. Um, also, yeah, I'm going to keep on going with with the Minnesota guy, Trey Holloman, too. I mean, I'm feeling pretty comfortable about our guards. Tyson Walker, solid. A.J. Hogard, solid. But, hey, if those guys need a blow – Okay, Trey, let's keep riding this wave of momentum, man. Like, he had a really, really good game against Rutgers. I think his best game so far this season, personally. So if he can keep riding that, I mean, whew, okay, that, that's going to feel not, not just good about what's going on Thursday night, but this bulk of the Big Ten season where Michigan State could really use a stretch of wins here. So, yeah, we're going to go with Jiggy. I love it. I love it. I think it's going to be a big game. I'm really worried about these injuries overall, but if they're playing, I think it should be a good one. I'd say on Minnesota side, my X factor, if everyone's healthy, 
would be Braden yeah. Carrington because Braden Carrington said to me in the offseason that he wants to be known as a Big Ten defender, as one of the best in the Big Ten, and go up against the um, Boo Booies of the world and the sure. Tominagas of the world. And you know what? He played Tominaga. He kept him 0 from 5 on the floor. So hopefully he can maybe cool down Walker a little bit in this matchup as uh, well. But it should be a good one. I'm looking forward to it. It, it will be. And also first time in a long time for Spartans versus Gophers because their only meeting last year got canceled due to the, mm-hmm. the tragedy of Michigan State. So like this has been a while since we faced each other on the court. So it's good to be back. Good for to be sure. back. Spartans, Gophers. Oh, God, this is going to be a good one. Uh, 6.30 <laughs> Eastern time, 5.30 Central time. Nice little dinner show for you uh, over there in the Central time zone. So Love it. folks, that's Kane Rob. Just fantastic work over at Locked on Gophers. He is truly the man. And I'm just Matt Sheehan, Locked on Spartans. So, yeah, you guys, uh, yeah, I'm not missing anything over here. But, guys, until then, hey, roll the boat. Go green. Love you all. Let's go.